Hilchas Tamatera, Perik Zayin, the final Perik of Hilchas Tamatera, the Ramam, of course, it continues to expound upon the midst of honoring Terah scholars. Halach Aleph. Chacham, a Talmud Chacham Zakim, the Chachma who is elderly or distinguished for his wisdom, the Chinasi, and the simile of the head of the Sanhedrin. I have Bezno, the second in command of the Sanhedrin, Shesorach, who has acted inappropriately and has done something which deserves excommunication. He's never excommunicated publicly, he's only done privately. This is presumably to avoid a chilashem. Elim kinasik yudav menavot v'chaveriv, unless he acts as shamefully as yudav menavot and his colleagues who worshipped the visitor in public and moved all the yidin to do so as well. Avol, however, kashchata shachata is when he does another kind of sin, not one which deserves excommunication, but which deserves malchus. Malchus sevetzina, he is lashed in private, also not also not in public. Shenem the pasuk says v'chashata yim if you stumble during the day, meaning. Wherever, in a way that it's it's common knowledge, the chashal gam navi b'chalayla, the navi will stumble with you as well at night. So meaning, afish a chashal, even though he stumbled, kaseo kalayla, conceal it like the night. Don't let don't let it be a public matter. Again, presumably presumably to avoid chilashem and cause the reduction of people's general respect for the Talmud Chacham community because of this particular exceptional uh, exceptional in the negative sense individual. Who has acted unlike most Talmud Chachamim? And we tell him, "Kaved, retain your honor, v'shev v'sacha, and return to your house." V'chein call Talmud Talmud Chacham. Shes chayv nidoy any Talmud Chacham who is liable for excommunication. Also, levesdin lekabed zalandaisim mehedo. It's forbidden for the court to be rash and quickly excommunicate him. Ella berichim edavaz. Rather, they try to avoid the matter, respond to the menu, and try to uh, uh, shun the matter and avoid it. So the idea is, it's not praiseworthy to have to be required to excommunicate Talmud Chacham. Many great pious Chachamim would boast, so to speak. They never were part of a panel of judges that excommunicated Tamil Chacham. Even though they were part of the part of the panel to give him Malkus, if he was obligated to, if he was liable for Malkus, even the rebellious Malkus for, for rabbinic prohibitions, they would be part of the panel to give him. They would, however, not. Be part of the panel that would excommunicate him. Halacha base. Kate said, "Who I need to? What is the procedure to put somebody in excommunication?" No, anyway, we, the the bezin says, "Plainly, Yehiba Samta, so and so is in excommunication." The Ramam holds that Nido and Samta are two inter- interchangeable terms for the same level of excommunication. He may do a bit fun of if they excommunicate him in his presence. We say to him, "Plainly, Zebes Samta, this individual is in excommunication." which is a higher level, more severe type of excommunication, which we'll expound upon elsewhere. We tell him, This individual is in Kherim. The order when we say so and so is cursed, it implies by Allah there's a curse, by Shavua there is an oath, by Nidoy and his excommunication, all three are implied by the Bezin saying such. So if a Bezin says so and so is order, they are saying he's excommunicated in a very severe tone. How do you release someone from excommunication, either type? We tell him, if it's in his presence, you are released and it's forgiven for you. If they permitted him, released him, not in his presence, he was not there. We say regarding him, uh, this individual is released, this individual is forgiven. What is the proper conduct that a person who is put in cherem should conduct himself with? And what is their obligation of others to in, in their interactions with him? And limitations. A person who is in ex- excommunicated is forbidden to take a haircut. To wash his clothing. Just like a mourner. All the days of his excommunication. Until he asks for forgiveness and he's released. Or does what he has to do. 
and you're not allowed to include him in a mezuman for grace after meals. You're not allowed to include him in a minion for any purpose that requires ten people. You're not allowed to sit within four amas of him, four cubits. That's what he cannot do. What can he do? He's allowed to teach others Torah. You're allowed to teach him Torah. He can be hired to work. He may hire others. If he dies in his state of excommunication before he, without, while choosing not to do anything, to ask for forgiveness or anything else of that nature to be done to release excommunication. So Bez, the Bez continues the process of excommunication by sending a, a representative to place a stone on his uh, casket. Clearly meaning to say, they are stoning him, so to speak, because he, he is separated from the community. The fact that he chose to live his life without asking for forgiveness for his excommunication or doing whatever had to be done to release the ban. Needless to say, he's not eulogized, and no one should accompany him to his final resting place. Except, of course, for his family. Presumably. His family as well is allowed to be uh, consoled in the traditional manner as well. Someone who put in chayim, which is the higher level of excommunication, is more severe. He's not allowed to teach others Torah. No one's allowed to teach him Torah. He may teach himself Torah to study his own Torah. He should not forget what he learned. He's not allowed to be hired. He's not, excuse me, he's not allowed to hire anyone else. No one's allowed to hire him. You're not allowed to engage in trade with him. You're not allowed to do any business deals with him. Except for a minimal amount for his basic livelihood so he shouldn't starve. Once a person is placed in in the lower level excommunication for 30 days, he doesn't request that it be lifted. He does not come to the Bezin and say, okay, I'm willing to pay the money now. I'm going to ask forgiveness from the Talmud Chacham I insulted, whatever, whatever crime he committed. After 30 days, he's placed another 30 day, another 30 day period of excommunication. If he sits in, in, in excommunication for 30, 30 days again, he still does not care to ask to be released. Then at that point, we put him in the higher level of excommunication in the Chayim. How many judges are necessary, people are necessary to release somebody who's been excommunicated, either type of excommunication? It has to be three judges, three people. Even if they're common people. An individual who is a expert, meaning he's an accomplished he may release somebody from excommunication by himself, without anybody else. A student is allowed to release somebody from excommunication, even in the location of his teacher. Although we said earlier, a student is not allowed to rule halachic rulings in his teacher's presence ever, certainly, or, or even anywhere in the world during his teacher's lifetime without permission, to release someone from a ban of excommunication, that is permitted even in his teacher's locale. Halacha tests. Interestingly enough, there's no halacha ches in most printed editions of the Rambam. And some suggest, because since ches could stand in certain places for cherem, the word cherem is so severe, people would not say it, they would just write, write ches, or say ches, instead of saying cherem. So since this parak is about cherem, the Ram didn't want, did not want to allude to it uh, unnecessarily, so he just called the next halach, halach tes. So it's been suggested, um, which is quite cute. Three people put someone in excommunication and they leave. How does the person get out now? Then the person who's excommunicated betters his ways and does tshuva. Then any three people can come and release him based on his change of behavior. So you don't need the original people present. Any three people will do. Someone who is put in cherem by insulting a Talmud Chacham and he does not know who the person is. The person is not here. 
how can he be taken out of that communication if he doesn't know who the person who he insulted is or where to find him? Then after he changes his ways, he can go to the Nasi and the Nasi can release him from excommunication. If someone puts someone in cherem on condition, on with a stipulation, so he says you're in cherem if you don't do such and such, or if you do do such and such, I feel even if he um, plays himself in cherem with a condition, so that requires uh, uh, nullification. So it's as if he said you are in cherem. Period. The fact that he said if you do or don't do is irrelevant. Tamil Chacham should not answer. Tamil Chacham put himself in cherem, and there's all kinds of interesting reasons why that may be hap- that would happen. I feel need to answer al das plain, even if he put himself in cherem, provided that so and so consents to it. I feel al davar shechayv al nidoi, even if it's a matter which requires taka requires nidoi. He says if I if I uh, do this in this avera again, I, I I hereby declare nidoi upon myself, you know, in a sort of in a way to chastise himself and motivate himself not to do the avera. He may nevertheless nullify it himself. Even though he said that it's on the uh, on, on depend on the consent of so and so. Somebody who is put in excommunication in a dream, even if he knows who the person is, I feel you even even if he knows who the person is, and he he still cannot just go to that person and ask her for him to release him. He requires ten people who are knowledgeable enough to learn halacha. As opposed to just Tanakh to re- re- release him from his excommunication. So excommunication of a dream is more severe than a regular one in, the, in, that, it, in that it requires a minion. You know about if you cannot find such ten people. You have to search for them up to a parsa. If he still can't find them, you don't make him go further than a parsa. Rather, he uh, is able to be excommunicated by ten people who are able to learn. Mishnah. So the first choice is 10 people who can learn general Torah law, which is more advanced. The second choice is 10 people who just know how to learn Mishnah. Uh, if you cannot find 10 such people, he can use 10 people to release him from his excommunication who are at least able to read the Torah. If he can't even find that, if he can't find that, he should use at least 10 people who are not able to. If he can't find that, he uses at least even any ten Jews, even if they are not able to actually even read Tanakh. If he can't even find ten such people in this place, then even three regular people can be used to release him from his excommunication. If someone who is placed in excommunication in his presence, in front of him, is excommunicated, then he also must be released. The, the release must be done in his presence as well. If he's excommunicated by somebody not in his presence, then he can be released either in his presence or not in his presence. There's no time-specific uh, formula between being put in, excommun- in, in excommunication and the release. He can be excommunicated and then, and then released. Even a moment later, in theory, whenever it happens, as long as he returns to his proper, the proper path. If Bezin sees it fit to leave this person in Nido in excommunication many years, they can they may leave him there as long as it feels appropriate based on his wickedness. If Bezin sees fit to at the outset place this person in excommunication at the higher level of Kherim, rather than initially warning him with a, with a lower level of excommunication of Nidoi, 
and then moving up to the higher level of Khairim, if he doesn't change his ways, they want to put him at the, at the outset in the higher level, they may do so. Even put anybody who eats or drinks with him in Khairim as well. Anybody who stands within four cubits of him. Put them all in Khairim, in order to inconvenience him, to cause him hardship, in order to create a fence around the Torah, to prevent people, the sinners, from breaching the excommunication. Although a Talmud Chacham is allowed to excommunicate somebody to uphold his own honor, it's not appropriate, it's not praiseworthy for a Talmud Chacham to act that way. It's appropriate to close his ears to the words of the simple people. Don't pay attention to them. Like Shlomo said in his wisdom, also, all the matters that are spoken, do not place your heart, meaning don't pay attention. This was the way of the earlier chsidim. They hear their ridicule, they don't respond. Not only that, they would forgive the person who would ridicule them or curse them. Uh, scoff them. They would pardon him. The great Chachamim would, so to speak, boast about their, uh, extol their, their own virtues in, in, in the following manner. They would say, They never excommunicate somebody. Nor did they ever put, put a person in Chayrim, in a higher level of excommunication, for the sake of their own honor. If it was ever done, it was done for another, another purpose. This is their way of the Chachamim. That's appropriate to go. When does this apply? When the person was ridiculed or, or scoffed at in private. Someone publicly shames him. He's not allowed to forgive his honor because then people will not honor the Torah. If he does forgive, then she's punished. This is the shame for the Torah. He must take revenge of nature and, be, and have animosity, be, begrudge the matter. Of the matter, like a snake. Until the person comes to ask forgiveness, this is all to uphold the honor of the Torah.